you go. This is Mappa. Welcome to another episode. And unfortunately, the international break is upon us. I know this is Mappa for a couple of weeks at least, but hey, a lot of stuff happened this past weekend. I'm still, I've got Roy, I've got Kiri. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Kiri's beaming after his team won 3 0. Bomba. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, it, things are starting to take a, a more familiar shape in the table. Uh, some is less uh, welcome than than other things, uh, but yeah, uh, it was it was more of a the favourites uh, kind of like won this this round after after a while. Lovely yeah, and Roy, you feeling good after our show yeah. the other night with uh, with Omonio winning? Yeah, that was that was fun. That was nice. It was uh, like we said uh, that day was probably the second time this season that we did a podcast and we were happy about the performance the overall performance um yeah but uh, i agree with the uh, kiwi that this um uh, around this uh, game day it was as if things fell into the place no surprises okay maybe a small surprise was aris beating ike but other than that um, you know, all the, all the results came naturally. The favorites won the games, there were the underdogs didn't manage to steal points, which up till now has been the characteristic of the of the league this far that you, you didn't know who was going to win, you weren't sure about any game. But hopefully, it's going to continue to be that that way, and uh, because it's too early for, but on the other hand, you. You expect some of the traditional teams who haven't started the season off very well, including our team, uh, still my, my team, that, you know, um, they're going to start winning the games. So that's it, like a general first opening statement. What do you think still? How uh, are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm raring to go with this one because a lot has happened. A lot has happened. And we're going to cover three games I know there's loads of games that happen, but there are three main games that we're going to cover. And the first one is Anorthosi beating Buffalo 1-0. It was a pretty even encounter with Buffalo having the better of opportunities early on, but Anorthosi's goalkeeper, Zur, made two very, very good saves. This goalkeeper is pretty decent. I saw him against um, Flora in Tallinn in the Europa, the Conference League game, and he, he kept uh, Anorthosi in that game. He's coming for uh, Loria, and he's done well, done very well. But um, Galtza scored the winner. A close-range header, which Rudko probably should have dealt with. I know it was practically in front of him, but it almost went through him like it's a FIFA glitch. But at the end, Buffer had three penalty claims. Uh, there was a foul on Semedo, even though it looked like he kind of slipped as he cut inside. Uh, a possible handball by, um, I can never pronounce his name, Hambadzium Yan, whatever his name is. I, I don't even know. He's got like the longest name on the planet. He's got a longer name than you, Roy. Um and then a, a possible handball by Popovich. Now, the last two handballs, Kiri, I've seen them given. I think the last one from Popovich was more of a handball than the number 19, because I'm not going to try and butcher his name again. Um, but what did you make of the game overall? Um, I, I, think, uh, I think the result is, is, is fair. I mean, a draw would have been, it was on the cards as well. But um, yeah, I mean... Neither team really kind of like uh, impressed. Uh, obviously, Anorthosi 
scored that early goal. I'm not surprised they kind of receded a little bit after scoring. Um, I am sympathetic to, to Rutko. I mean, I know you said it went through him and, and it did, but it was a really good cross from Correa. The, you know, those types of crosses where it makes it difficult for the keeper to decide whether to claim it or to stay on his line. Obviously, certain keepers are more command, commanding of the, of the penalty area than others. But yeah, good cross, good good uh, header from from Calzas. Um, yeah, it was okay. I mean, uh, Semedo could have scored as well. Um, I think it was from inside the box on the right-hand side um, in the first half. I actually expected him to do a bit better, but like you said, um, keeper was good. Yeah, I, I think it was a, a professional win for Anorthosi, if you can if you can call it that. Uh, and also there was like a few more reminders of um, Cristiano Lobolo's age in the game. There was two, two specific uh, cases. And like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of his quality and his attributes as a player. But OK, one, he was on the counter um, pretty much one uh, V2. And I guess he tried to chop it back in. But I guess two things. One, not, not as agile anymore to, to make that happen. And two, you know when players have suffered really big injuries and they're afraid of actually trying something that they might still be able to do, but, you know, when he turned, he didn't really, I don't know, I, I think he was afraid to actually complete the, the chop. And the other thing was when, I, I, I keep forgetting, the um, uh, Brazilian uh, named Julio, no, um, Oh, um, yeah, the, the striker, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, he nicked it off the, he nicked it off uh, coming from behind his back, and I think uh, Lazar realized that he kind of he was caught sleeping there, and he stretched his right foot to make it seem like he was dragged back by a foul. Uh, very veteran, veteran's move, but yeah, like I said, I mean he's 30, 34, almost thirty five years old, so. But yeah, yeah, I can't take uh, too many conclusions from from the game. It was like a home win for Anorthosi. Absolutely, um, Roy. What do you make of Buffalo this season? They've been a bit. Uh, I, I mean, I said Anorthosi was stop start, but Buffalo started the season like a house on fire. Then they lost to Ireland. and they'll win a game, they'll lose a game, they'll win a game. I don't even know how many draws they've had this season. In all fairness, but from what I'm hearing, the uh, the president is looking for more players to bring in. Um, in January, we're talking about attack-minded players as well. What does that tell you about how much faith his team, how much faith he has in his team, should I say? Bafos is a prime example that uh, money just by itself doesn't help you uh, win trophies. If you look at the budget of Pafos, it's probably the second or third highest budget in the league. But they've been struggling to have, uh, I think it was Scambri who said this, not, not about Pathos, but generally, I think, speaking, that you should try and build an identity and a character as a team. And uh, what characterizes Pathos is the instability. They don't have a philosophy. I mean, they, they've got someone spending the money, but I don't see a long-term plan. I don't know if, if Mitchell Salgado is still there because last, I think, was it last year that they signed Salgado to help them? Yeah, they had some kind of agreement with him, but I don't know whether he was just acting as a, 
Ambassador or whatever. Yeah, some, I don't know. Because I know he's in Dubai. No, I, I think, think got... he was actually working here in, in Paphos. But if you think about it, you know, Paphos is, is, is a big uh, city. They're represented by one team in the first league. I think that they, they can take, they've got a potential to take on a good day, let's say two and a half, three thousand fans. You know, they've got the players, they've got some very good players there. And I think they they, they let everyone down because everyone believes that this year Bafos is going to because they start off like really shitty. And towards the end of the season, when there's no pressure, they they like they uh, they can marginally make the top six. They start winning games towards the end. And we always say oh, it's because they need to gel. And if they, they've got the quality and they've got the talent, they change the, the manager. And I think everyone expects more from Paphos, but they keep letting everyone down. This is what I think of Paphos this far. And I don't know how it's going to change. Um, okay, they, they, they haven't been a threat to the traditional powers of the league this far. But with the amount of money they're spending... Uh, they should do better. Uh, I don't think the, they have many excuses because, like I said, everything's there. They've got people who spend money. They, they, they represent a town and they've got the fans there so they can go watch them. They've got like a fa- fan base of a few thousand people. But uh, when they're playing, they, what characterizes them the most is the instability and the lack of identity. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what is Paphos? It's, it's 15 new players every year and two different managers and they never manage to gel. What are they? I mean, I know I'm being a bit strict but and I'm talking generally, but it, it's the same thing this season. They start beating up 4-0, then they lose 4-0. Then they draw, then they lose, then they, after three games, they win one, then they lose again. I don't know. I have two, I have two questions about Pavos uh, to gauge your thoughts on this. One is, uh, do they need more separate players? And two is, does the small number of fans and the, and the re- reduced pressure on the players um, have an adverse effect on their motivation. I is it too easy for them? Do you know what? It's two very very good questions, but I think this should be a third one, and it it's down to how the club operates in general. Last season they had Cameron Toshak, they had uh, Mihalichenko, if I'm not mistaken, and then they had Stephen Constantine who came in, and then he was replaced by... Who, who did they get rid of him? They got rid of him in the, the season, didn't they? Because Stephen Constantine came as a technical director above Mihalichenko, and then Mihalichenko left. They, they demoted, demoted, demoted him, but they gave him the, the head coach role. I'll never forget, he went on um, cable net, and he was saying, you know, we, our, our aim is to end in the top six and then move on from there slowly, slowly. Well... They got rid of Constantine, so they didn't have him as technical director. They got rid of him as head coach. So they don't. So the guy that was basically their mouthpiece, saying this is where we want to be, has gone. So you think, well, what is the actual plan then? Yeah, I don't think there is a plan. It, and also, there seems to be no uh, patience for for if there is a plan, 
there doesn't seem to be the patience to see through with the staff that you sign to carry that plan out. Because how can you hire a technical director who is supposed to be the person um, in charge of the structure of the, of the team, who is supposed to be thinking, what are the short-term objectives? What are the medium-term objectives? What are the long-term objectives? And how do we uh, facilitate those things happening? How can that person then become the manager who then fails? Technically, he's failing himself by not realizing the short-term objectives. Do you know what I mean? There's just... Uh, Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, it's just very incoherent uh, planning. It just looks like a money ball effect, doesn't it? You bring in these players and you sell them on for a big fee. Apparently, Bark are linked with Valakari. Um, but from what I've heard, um, Buffalo want at least five million for him. Now, I don't think they'll get five million for him. Um, but would he even be able to play in that league? Because from what I see, he isn't a very mobile player. He isn't very physical either. Perhaps Cyprus is his level, really. I know this might sound bad, but I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think his on a technical level, he's uh, beyond Cyprus. Physically, you, you might be right, although certain leagues kind of facilitate that. Like, I, I wouldn't be, he wouldn't look out of place in some central or West European leagues. Like, the Netherlands isn't very physical, for example. Uh, it's very, okay, yeah, they have. Do you think he could, he could play with that pace, though? Because he, does, he doesn't look like a very quick player either. He looks yeah, like he wants it, to dictate the tempo more than anything. Yeah, but that it, it really depends on uh, what he's being asked to do by wherever he ends up being. So if he's signed by a, a fast tempo uh, team that looks to hit on the counter, yeah, he might not fit. But if he's uh, if he moves to a team where he's asked to be the the offensive fulcrum, like basically to dictate, but not from deep, but from high up the pitch and have the team revolve around him the way Babulis Arabollon, for example, the, the, the team at, at times kind of felt like it revolved around where he was on the pitch because he wasn't really a winger by the time he came to Cyprus. He was already a bit late in age. Okay, not the first two years maybe, but a bit down the line. But yeah, it, it just depends on what he's expected to do. To be honest, I'm not sure if Balk is... Is uh, I don't know. I think he, he might not be good enough for Bark because Bark is a really. I, I mean, okay, Bisesvar is playing. Um, he's starting for Bark, and last year he was on loan in in Cyprus. He was okay, phenomenal he came, last season. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he came to you know regain match sharpness and all that stuff, but but at Bark and like Greece in general, there's other things at play. You have to be able to withstand the pressure of being asked to be uh, obscenely good uh, week in, week out, because fans are really, really demanding in, in Greece. But I don't know. I, th I think he has it in him to play somewhere better. All right. But, yeah. The future knows more than we do, but let's see. Let's see. Right, on to the next game. Addis beat Ayek 1-0. Ayek's unbeaten run is done. And it's Addis, the Russians... <laughs> we got the three points. They, to be honest, they, they started on the front foot and uh, they took the lead through Spoljaric with a good goal. Um, but that was after Ayek went down to 10 men when Gustavo was sent off for a second yellow. But he was the first of three red cards in this game. 
I was watching the first 20 minutes and then I flicked over and then I went back like 20 minutes later and there's three red cards. What's going on? This is crazy. Um, I hit the bar uh, on the hour mark, but a minute later, I just went down to 10 men. Um, I think it was Manu Garcia who saw his second yellow. And then I just went down to nine men after Mazunda saw a second uh, yellow card, which obviously is a red. Uh, unfortunately for Ike, they couldn't make the extra man count. And um, that's their first defeat of the season. So, Roy, are you surprised with that result? I know Ike have been storming teams. I would say storming teams, but they've been storming the league this season. They've been grinding out victories, but they couldn't muster much against Aris. I think there was a little bit of a surprise the way they played in all fairness. Listen, as I said in my introduction, uh, if there was one result that was slightly surprising, not so much because of the positions they're at the table uh, sitting these two teams, but generally as, name, as names, uh, was uh, Aris beating Aek. Eventually, it was going to happen. Ike seems to have been flirting with, with the loss the last few games, I think. They haven't been as convincing because with Pike as well, they 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 got a, a difficult victory. I think ugly win, wasn't it? <laughs> ugly win. With, with Achna again, they didn't really deserve... Maybe a draw would have been a bit more fair. And, okay, I, I haven't uh, watched the game you know, a whole, because uh, obviously I saw some highlights. Uh, what surprised me is that I heard that Aris finished with nine men. And uh, still, you know, uh, they managed to win. The truth is uh, I was slightly surprised, not because I didn't expect I to not lose, but mostly I, I don't know for how long Aris is going to continue playing at this level. Because we're saying, hey, you know, eventually Aris and uh, Aris is going to deflate. You know, Aris is going to, you know, get the points now and then, you know, they're going to start dropping points. And then in everyone's mind, I think uh, the top four or five teams are going to be the traditional teams. But I can't help but think that there might be surprises because there's a, at least eight teams that wanna that wanna play in the top six uh, positions, and um, I don't know. And Aris at the moment seems like a, a team that doesn't look willing to to let go of, of these uh, positions. And I've mentioned before as well that I, for me the biggest surprise is Yasos Luga. Yasos Luga for me up to now is the best uh, manager. Up, up, up until now, I wasn't sure he could be able to to cope with the big names they signed there, you know. Uh, but he's doing an amazing job. They they're playing really well, and um, yeah, we we'll have to wait and see. We we'll have to wait and see. Aris, uh, how how long he can they can continue playing at this level and continue surprising us pleasantly. Ike now is they have to show a bit of character. Obviously, it was just the first loss of the season. They, they're gonna have to show what they're made of, how how they deal after the, the first loss, because the next games I think is against Tabuel uh, after the international break break. You know, so they're playing with uh, with Abuel. 
next Monday, Ike. So that's a, a very important game for both the teams as well. But yeah, this is let's see, a general uh, statement uh, from me about uh, Aris and Ike. I think that's what I'm going to be doing. And I'm going to be the games. <laughs> no worries, man. No problem. Kiri, um, the, the, the second yellow card for all three players. Very yeah. clumsy. Very clumsy. And you think when you're on a yellow, why are you making those challenges? Um, I was thinking, actually, um, for Cyprus, when you see three red cards, you're thinking some shenanigans have, have taken place, right? When you, see the, when you see the timeline of events, if you're not watching the game. But it was... Um, I think the cleanest game of three red cards I've ever, I've ever seen in yeah. Cyprus. Because like you said, it was, um, yeah, they were all yellows. Okay, the Aris' second um, red card, it was the, I wouldn't call it soft, but it was the most um, clumsy, just, yeah, just very clumsy. But like uh, Aris' first red card, Manu's second yellow card, was a, a full-blooded yellow. It was it yeah. was orangey. It was a bit orange. <laughs> but so why are you why are you making that challenge? It's on the halfway line. The ball's not going anywhere. I mean, you watch the replay. Even the cameraman kind of missed it because he saw the ball going. I think towards the sideline. Something. Why are you making that challenge? Don't make yeah. any sense. Very strange. Uh, but just just to say something, I think you mentioned before that Spoiler it scored. Um, Spoiler has kind of created the 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 chance, but it was assisted by. Because he crossed, it was like a mid-height cross from the from the right-hand side, uh, from what I call the, the De Bruyne zone, which is not the wing but not the the middle, just like on the on the uh, corner of the of the area. Um, and I think Stepinski flicked it for um, Kvajuk. Was it Kvajuk? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I made the mistake there. I don't know why no, I said no Spogliadis. I don't know. Maybe because we um, spoke about him on the last year. I was doing some research on him before. But I didn't realise he played for Atletico Madrid when he was a youngster. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, obviously, there was two brothers. He was the most um, uh, Talented promising one. one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was the, the, the promising one. But yeah, like I said, it's um, it's easy to say that he hasn't met his potential, but like I like I mentioned in the previous podcast, is it's not easy. So mm. happy to see him playing week in week out um, for Ice. Um, <clears throat> the other thing for Ayek, um, like the effects of the red card did, didn't really escape them, even when they went and the same number of players, and even when they went with a man extra, because the the Englezu was fouled. They okay, they got a set piece. There was a header, okay, not 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 very threatening, and then there was nothing for like almost ten minutes until the the ninety fifth. So I don't know. I, I felt like they they didn't like um, left out of second gear or something. They just they just it didn't really happen for them uh, against Aris. Do you think it's because of the way that they play a certain system? Because it's it's almost like a four four two, isn't it? The way that they they set up, but because there's so much movement between the lines. When they do have a man, when they are a man down, it's almost as if they, they need that 11th player to make that difference. Now, as you said, they didn't create anything. I know they hit the bar before, before the red card or the second yellow. I forgot who got sent. Uh, the second yellow, was it? I forgot who got the second yellow. But um, 
you know, it's, it's almost as if that, that chance that they had where they hit the bar, that was the closest that they came to scoring throughout the whole game. I don't remember Alves getting being threatened at all. Um, so maybe that's something for, for the manager to work on. They took off Derbyshire, which perhaps was a bit of a mistake because him and Driskovsky have been pretty decent. But then again, when you're down to 10 men, you've got to sacrifice someone, I guess, to... But I don't know. I don't know. But I guess it's still a learning curve for them. We were saying, you know, that they brought in just as many players as as uh, Aris and, and Buffo. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the classic question. When you go a man down, do you go 4-4-1 or do you go 4-3-2? Uh, but you have to be a very brave coach to go for the second option. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did try to change a lot of things because um, he took Darbyshire off 46th minute. He took Barrera off 40, uh, same minute, so double change, 46. He took off Naum, sorry, he put on uh, Naum on 62nd minute, uh, Anglesu 68. So he tried to be proactive, but I think Aris just were too resilient um, even after they, they got their own red cards. Do you think that maybe um, Gadala's uh, philosophy should be switched a little bit? Don't be afraid to go route one sometimes. I suppose so. I mean, it's easy to, to say that in hindsight, but um, uh, but yeah, m- maybe then there needs to be a, a bit more flexibility with with certain sides. I know Abolo went direct against Aris. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, well, okay, not route one maybe, but a bit a bit more uh, basic. In, in the in the yeah anyway excellent yeah. <laughs> lovely all right let's move on to our third game because we've got a couple more to talk about very briefly after this one but Abuel they trounced IL 3-0 and this this was embarrassing I thought Man United's loss to Man City was embarrassing the way the United played but this for IL was and I'm not taking anything away from Abuel because they they stormed them but from the first minute it was front foot and you know they went, went with a 3-4-2-1 in Dongala was like a right wing back he was absolutely phenomenal on the right-hand side. And Ayo just looked like completely devoid of confidence. Now, they took the lead from the spot when Nadel was brought down by Bruno Santos, who had a nightmare of a game. I mean, if you want to, if you want to see how not to play football, just, just watch Bruno Santos, that, that game. He, he was, his decision-maker was terrible. It went to VAR and it took forever and a day to make a decision. But when you look at the, the angle behind the goal... The penalty is clear as day. I don't know why it took so long, but anyway, Kvilidaya scored just about. I don't think Vozinho would have saved it if he was in goal, Roy. Just saying, you know. Uh, <laughs> but then Santos got sent off for a handball. Again, stupid. When you see it, you think, what are you doing, mate? Honestly, what, what goes on in, in some people's minds? I don't know. And from the resulting free kick, um, Lucas Souza scored. Now, I, I didn't see the, the, the middle finger incident myself so maybe that's something that Roy and, and Kiri you guys can discuss because I haven't seen it but there was a big hoo-ha about it and then Kavili Dai wrapped it up with a with a third with a poacher's finish real deal isn't he that striker honestly when when he gets going there aren't that many strikers in the league better than him um Roy go ahead okay just uh, a <clears throat> yeah. general general uh thing about the game uh, I agree with with the, how you described uh, the game it was it was embarrassing for for IL it was probably the most poor performance I'll put in this season and 
it wasn't that Abuel was, you know, steamrolled them or anything, but it was probably the same for Abuel. It was probably the best performance Abuel had this this far. And don't forget the last four games, Abuel has won three and drew one game. So it seems whether we like it or not, that Abuel is um, heading towards the right direction. Uh, I still uh, don't believe in their team. I think it's a result of, of individual quality more than uh, a, a team playing as a unit. And I think that the defensive midfield is very slow, even though Souza is by far the best player this, this far. Without them, I think they'll, without Souza, they're going to be brain dead, I think. But slowly and steadily, like you said uh, about Vilidaya, he started scoring goals now and he's good. Uh, and uh, Natel is good as well. And Vili um, is good. They have, they have some uh, quality, no doubt, in that team. Uh, yeah, the, the middle finger incident, uh, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't know. Is it worldwide? Is, is, it, is it this? The, the symbol for corner. <laughs> what what actually happened? Because I didn't see it. What what happened? And, and I don't. I, I, like I said, I've read something, but I don't. What happened? I just, all I see is a photograph of him sticking his middle finger up. But what was he? What did that mean? I mean, I know what it means, but why? What was the explanation? It's it's, it's corner. I feel like well, we're playing, you know, and. And he wanted to show to the referee that it was a corner, so he went like that, man. I don't know. I, I don't, does doesn't this mean corner? Is it the the symbol of corner worldwide? Put it in the did it? I don't know, Kiri. Tell me, does that mean corner? I was just like, yeah, corner. I I'm not sure if I have anything to add. Hey, what the fuck, man? Sorry, I, I, I know we don't use a lot of swear words in this show, but what the fuck? Seriously, <laughs> it's as if they're, they're taking the piss, man. They're taking the piss instead of like saying, you know what, our player misbehaved, he showed disrespect. Uh, similarly to what Pete Tass a few weeks ago, uh, he didn't stick a middle finger, but he, he got into a, I don't know, a, a conversation with some of the Abolo fans. And Fanurios Costantino said, you know, we're going to pull his ear because this is not the way to behave to, to the fans because of the ones who pay us and you should respect them and he's going to be punished. And instead of Abuel saying, I don't, didn't expect them to say something similar, but at least... Don't fucking take the piss, Refin. I mean, seriously, how how stupid do they think people are? Seriously, I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 not enough that I fucking hate that team. They don't make it any easier to 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 sympathize or or, or like them. What is this? What uh, is this? This is just toilet level, Refin. Can can I approach it from a, a different angle? Uh, which is, uh, I have to uh, kind of like, uh, I have to acknowledge, I've seen a lot of Abuel fans react to the press officer, to their own press officer and to the board because they go, we've just beaten 
uh, a major rival. 3-0, clean, clean 3-0 win, big performance. And you're talking about uh, VAR lines and penalties and the middle finger incident. It's like, if you don't, I mean, if you don't rest this week, do you know what I mean? It, it tire, it's tiring for people, even for, for their own fans. Um, I think that they're just tired of this constant, I mentioned last week, right, about Ari, the Ari's uh, press officer being chill and shocking me because he was so calm. Well, we're back to regular schedule now with the combative, uh, acidic uh, exchange of words from, from press officers. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree with that. You've just won 3-0. Dominated, Isle, dominated. Okay, possession finished 50-50, I think. At some point it was, I think it was 68-32. You mentioned City United. It was, yeah, Isle was were terrible, terrible. Um, Okay, even with the, even with the with the red card, but um, the only thing I'll say about Filidaya, who is actually sharpening sharpening up, um, going into uh, you know December and January, I think the although he played really well, I think the assist was accidental. Um, he tried, I think he tried to twist his head slightly towards goal to to divert the. Um, I think it was a, might have been Okriashvili's um, chip, chipped cross, right? I think he was trying to divert it towards goal, but it it flicked towards uh, Souza, who, like, I agree with, uh, again, with what Roy said. He's a key, key, key player, really crucial player for them. You know, speaking of uh, press officers, and I know it's quite related, but social media, I showed you guys this yesterday. How brilliant was this buffer? complaining about the handball against Anorthosi and then Bayek coming out with this tweet. I mean, but crying out loud. Just, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love it. I love it. They're not afraid to do it out in the open. It's, it's Cyprus. This is Cyprus, right? <laughs> For Christ's sake. Absolutely brilliant. I, I, uh, I think they've slowly, but I think they finally wised up to if, you, if you're any football club from anywhere in the world, if you have an English language Twitter account, it's a chance for going, you know, semi-viral on football Twitter because it doesn't take a lot. All it takes is a, is a bit of sass, uh, just being a bit spicy on the online. And to be honest, I would rather this, I find this entertaining rather than going, uh, yeah, we have on or on Super Sport or Radio Prodo, whatever, and just like going at it. It's just, I much have this back and forth on Twitter with, you know, with gifs and memes and stuff. At least we can, this is kind of funny and you can, you know, have fun with this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, a couple of quick things before we wrap it up. First of all, uh, Kiri, you are Abolon 1 3 0 against Voxa. Um, Darbo scored the first and then two penalties after that. Although the third penalty, Perhaps that should have taken more time on VR because it looked like it was on the edge of the box, but it doesn't matter. The game was done by that time. And Roy Omoni, a 2-0 victory over Ethnigoz. Um, the, the, we spoke about it at great length on the No Choftes podcast. Um, the football was fantastic. It's what we've been lacking this season. Lois was scoring with his right foot. Absolutely brilliant. Kiri, tell us about your team and then I'll let Roy say what he has to say and then we'll wrap it up with just one little thing. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go bullet points. I'll, I'll go really quick. Um, I think it was a really well-deserved win for Abulam. Uh, I'm not just saying that because because uh, they're my team. I think it was a, a, a good, solid performance. Uh, again, I am bemused they took four, four minutes on uh, the first penalty. It was a, a, as clear as day that it was... It a, took a, him out. Completely took him out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only question was a yellow or red. Some uh, The commentator said it wasn't a red because Dabo was not in possession of the ball. And I'm, I'm not aware of the rules. So this this might be the case. I, I genuinely... That seems even more of a case to be a red card because it's off, it's off the ball. It's... Yeah. I mean, he was inches away from just uh, poking the ball in the net. Pulled back. Yellow card which ties in to the second penalty. You know how in Cyprus they do this thing, refs, where they make a mistake and then they try to rectify it for the team. And I have a feeling that instead of giving a red, they just gave us a second penalty, which I think it was a, a foul. I think it was on the right on the edge of the box. Um, but uh, just to skip over a lot of things, uh, the bad things is uh, Bita's injured, Hambo's injured. Bita's walked off, so it doesn't seem too bad. Hambo's, okay, he has... A lot of injuries throughout has had a lot of injuries throughout his career. He had to be wheeled off, and it seems a bit more serious. But they haven't said anything about estimated uh, times of, of um, healing of the injury or anything. So those are the only two bad things. Other than that, it was a, a pretty clean win. Splendid. And Roy, very quickly with Ammonia. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start how I finished um, on no trophies that it was uh, probably our best uh, performance this far. Uh, but it's uh, like all games give you three points. It just gives you three points. Uh, we have to build on what we saw. It was the first game that um, we won so comfortably. We, uh, the scoreline could have uh, been a lot bigger. But on the other hand, um, Ethnikos could have got a goal in the second half. I mean, the first half for me, we, we, we dominated them. We, we had them up against the ropes and it could have been three or even four nil the first 45 minutes. Uh, but the second half, what changed is that we were more clinical. We didn't create as many chances as the first one, but we got the two goals. We got one that got disallowed, but uh, Ethnikos was the team that had the clear-cut chances with Flori, with the bar they hit, with the save from Banayi and one from Beradikos. They at least the four, four opportunities they had to, to get a goal back and the game wouldn't have been as comfortable as uh, the final result um, shows. Uh, like I said, if Omonia wants to um, defend the title, they're going to have to go on and beat and run. And even draws are not enough at this point, but uh, all in all, a uh, promising performance that has to, to make it count. We have to continue winning uh, games in the future because we we are sat behind the table. Absolutely. And uh, you, you mentioned Flori Tolmesi's miss, you know, we, we know him very well. He's a good bloke. We love him to bits. And today, put on his Instagram, he, you know, it's his wedding anniversary. And I was so te tempted to say, you didn't miss that, though, did you? But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I love him to bits. And if he's watching, I love you, buddy. Right, gentlemen, one more thing very quickly. The standings. 
This is the league table. I've all on top of the league at this moment in time, going into this international break with 21 points. Ajax second on 20. Addis, 19 points. Abuel up in fourth. Oh boy. Uh, Anorthosi, who've had a stop start season, four wins, no draws, believe it or not. Um, and Olympia goes Ael, Bafo, Omonia, league champions, ninth place, but only two points off top six with a game in hand. So, boys. Hope you guys enjoy your international week break because I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll probably just sit in the corner rocking, crying because I, I can't cope. But thank you again for doing this. It's been an absolute great show. Anything you guys would like to add before I wrap it up? No? Uh, do you yeah. think Cyprus are going to win their games? Yeah, I really have to go, man. You have to go. Hi there. Wrap it up. This is my pie. Till next time. Goodbye.